A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated or underseen. So let's see what we've got this week. Alice, mm-hmm. have a good Christmas. Oh, wonderful Christmas. Yeah. I always have a jolly, jolly time at Christmas. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So this week then, as you'll see from the title, Happy Feet, it's from 2006. Now, Alice, you've chosen this one. Spoiler warnings if you've not seen Happy Feet. So there is a reason why you've picked this, apart from the fact that you think it's underrated or underseen, which is I set you a little bit of a challenge to mm-hmm. find a film suitable for that in-between Christmas and New Year period where all you're eating is what's left over, the cheese and the ham and the biscuits and the chocolate. and the celeb- you, It's the celebrations, and there's it's no, the yeah, fistfuls the, of celebrations, right? Are in you in work? Are you not in work? You don't know, know. What don't time do you get know. up? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what time do you go to bed? I'm still asleep now. How early can you have your first glass of wine? <laughs> what films are on the telly? All that sort of stuff. That endless and joyous period between... New Year and Christmas, which we call in between us, and I set you a challenge to pick pick a film a little bit like we've done in the past, except it's always fallen to me because of well, just because it has. So we've done the things before, like Mouse Hunt. Did we do Knight's Tale last year? Was that in between us last year? I think it was. I think yeah. it was. So you've chosen Happy Feet. Is that mm. because you think this is a good in between in, in between messy film? Well, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have fulfilled the challenge, would Indeed. I? I? Would have fallen at the first <laughs> hurdle. But yeah, I think this is. I think I've completely adhered to the brief Indeed. with this one. I think, I think most successful suggestion <clears throat> by me. So you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you all know what Happy Feet is about and a little bit more about why I picked it. So Happy Feet is an animated film about penguins living in Antarctica. The main plot is all about the fact that a newborn penguin called Mumble can't sing, which is very important in the penguin world. But he is a heck of a dancer, which some of the other penguins think is pretty cool, but the older, grouchier penguins think it is an absolute <laughs> atrocity. So Mumble goes on a bit of a journey, emotionally and literally, to find out more about who he is and how he fits into the world. There's also a bit of a narrative going on in the background exploring how human activity is negatively impacting the ecosystem in the area as well. So why did I pick it? So, little bit little bit of a cheat with this in that it's a tiny, (laughs) tiny bit of a listener suggestion because Ollie has been nagging me to do this film, I think maybe since I started doing the podcast. Right. He That's your husband, if everyone doesn't know. Sorry, the man I'm married to. He (laughs) loves this film and 
He has been nagging me pretty much since I started the podcast to do this film. He absolutely loves it and he reckons it's underrated. And I reckon it might be a little bit underrated as well. I think when you think of in terms of other animated films Ooh. similar to this by, you know, by the big boys like the Pixar <laughs> the and lads, the DreamWorks and such. The titans you know, of animation. You know the ones. I don't really think it falls into the same kind of category as those and it doesn't really get spoken about in the same way. And I think there's a lot in there. There's just a lot in there and I think it, it offers quite a lot. Had you seen this one before, Josh? Alice, I hadn't. Oh, that's I not exciting, seen this before. So I think I was thinking about this because we definitely had it on DVD back in the day when okay. you had DVD. So I've got you. I'm the oldest. I've got younger brother and sister who are six and ten years younger than me, and they I think liked it. And I, we definitely okay, had the DVD. Yeah. And it was one of those where you know it was like one of those times where back with you know back when you bought DVDs when you, you just constantly were buying DVDs to keep the kids mm-hmm. occupied because streaming wasn't a thing yet. So we definitely had this. I'm fairly certain it's been on whilst I've been in the house. But if this came out in 2006, I would have been 15, 16. So I think mm. it's just passed me by. I just think I'm just, mm. it just hit me in the wrong age bracket. It's not, it's just not one I've ever gone back to or have ever mm-hmm. watched at the time. Obviously, I knew what it was about and I knew things like Robin Williams was in it and and, mm. and it was about a tap dancing penguin and stuff like that. So no, so I hadn't, I, I hadn't watched it before. Um, so I was quite interested to go into it because obviously it was a little bit, the pressure was on a little bit more with this episode and it wasn't just about underrated, underseen films. It was about, the, you know, is this film a good film for that time of year? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll come to you first. First of all, did you watch uh, it? No, don't oh, come to me first. I want to no, know, know, know what know. you thought, Josh. No, uh, I want to no. know if so, I won, uh, if so, I won so, the episode. I'll say this. Okay, so like we have with other films, I'm, I tried to watch it from the point of view of if I was the target audience. Would, would I like it? So it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a family film, but I do think it skews more towards kids than adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that in mind, I I think it is brilliant. Okay, oh, I, I I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was pretty. I wasn't sure. Yeah, this is where he was pretty, going. I mean, it, it's probably not perfect, but I thought it no. was pretty joyous. And I think if I'd have been a kid, if I'd have been the right age when this came out, or if I was a parent looking for something to watch with my kids. This would definitely be up there, especially for that mm-hmm. time of year. It's up there. You bang it on, and it's definitely there's loads and loads that I liked about it. So, so we'll come mm-hmm. on to that. So, obviously, you've watched this again because you had seen it before. Did you watch it with Ollie? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He and did he like talk all the way him. through? Uh, only uh, not all that, the way through. Not all the way through. Just every now and then to fill me in. Yeah. On so when I say that, by the way, for people who don't know Ollie's husband, which is presumably most of the people listening. Um, that doesn't mean like Ollie just sits and talks through films. I mean, like, because he was excited, did he ask you questions or point stuff out to you? I don't mean he just like did a fucking director's commentary. Um, he does. He does do that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it is really helpful. Like when we, because so we watched Dune, and he's read the books, right? Oh yeah. So, the- and there's loads in there that you don't get if you haven't read the books. So every now and then something had happened, he'd go, oh, just so you know, this is because of this thing and that thing. And I actually found it really helpful. Like I didn't find it irritating. (laughs) He did it through the Hobbit films as well, because he's read that and and he just, because he reads, he reads so much, like he just absorbs information. So Mm. he knows so much about so many things, especially films and that. So when we're watching stuff, if he knows more than I do, he will say, oh, just so you know, this is because of this and like give me the wider yeah. context. Yeah. And most of the time, it's really, really helpful. There are odd occasions where I'm like, can you just shut up? I'm trying to watch a fucking <laughs> film. <laughs> but most of the time, it's it. appreciated. He can tap dance, all right? It's not hard to understand, yeah. Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go on then. So you've 
We've watched it again with a critical eye. You picked it. What did you like about it? And then I'll tell you what I liked about it. So I did I did enjoy it more this time around. I think watching it for that analysis. I'd only actually seen it once before. Um, and some of the things that I didn't like about it were quite strong during that first viewing. And they are still, they do still stand now and we'll get into that later. But I could really appreciate the more positive things about it. And there were plenty of those as well. So I do think it looks pretty great. And not only in terms of the quality of the animation, but also the style. Because they've gone for something that is quite realistic mm. here, where the animals actually look like the animals that they're supposed to be and not like sort of cartoony or exaggerated versions of themselves. And I appreciated this for immersion purposes. And I think it also helps to emphasize the more serious messages of the film, which include, you know, things like overfishing, pollution and keeping animals in captivity. But then also visually things like the snowflakes and the feathers on the birds are like really intricate and detailed. And there's loads of shadow in this as well that I really noticed this time around because it's very sunny a lot of the time in Antarctica. And so sometimes you would just see hundreds and hundreds of penguin shadows reflected on the snow. And I just really appreciated all the work that got into that. So I mentioned briefly there some of the themes that are in this. And I do like the way how they handle the human interference impacting them in this because it isn't rammed down your throat. And it's not really what the film revolves around, but it is there and it is a present message. And I am pleased that the filmmakers included it because I don't think they really had to really like if it wasn't there would it be missed like would you miss it and would people be crying out for a bit more realism I don't know but then thinking about it it's like say if you watched a film about the Amazon rainforest and it didn't include anything about deforestation that would feel a little bit weird I think but in this instance I don't really know like if it was like a crucial part of it or if you would have missed it if it wasn't there. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's a bit chicken and egg. It's a bit chicken and egg because there is a there is an element of if you go to tackle an issue, then you've got to get that balance right. Otherwise, it feels like you're ramming an issue down people's throats, which is not, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's definitely one of the things that cinema and all arts can be used to do. But equally, mm -hmm. sometimes people just want to switch off. So you've got to get the balance right. Um, in terms of what I know, it's it. I think the 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 concept of the penguins and overfishing, it drives the plot, doesn't it? So one of the things that drives the plot, apart from the fact that it's a, it's a penguin that can't sing, is that they're running out of fish. Mm -hmm. So because it drives the plot, I think you probably do need it in there. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it just seems like they're running out of fish. Yeah, well, we're all no, the fish. Please tell also, me where the fish are. And, and, and equally, if you don't include the humans and they are running out of fish, well, it could be set at any time, couldn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, because, because because if there's no they could just be running out of fish because they've eaten all the fish, whereas it's clearly set in the modern day. Mm -hmm. So you get that thing of oh right, it's about overfishing. So I really liked that. I thought they, I mm -hmm. I thought they got the balance right, and I thought they you know, they did that run that risk of people going oh you know don't get me wrong. The issue is the issue is important. I'm not saying that, but you know people do go. I don't really want you to, to ram that issue down my throat. I just want mm -hmm. to see a nice film about. a tap dancing penguin that sing you yeah. know with other singing penguins or whatever so no i thought they got that pretty right to be honest yeah yeah okay good yeah i think so too i think at times as well it does a great job of capturing the harshness of antarctica mm. and what it actually means for animals who live there like with the storms and some of the wind and the darkness like it feels quite oppressive and dominating at times especially the scene where all the like dad penguins are huddled together to try and keep warm. And then Memphis, who's Mumble's dad, he drops his egg, which has got Mumble in it. 
And I think you really feel the intensity of that moment because of the atmosphere and the surroundings that the film has created. And then just in terms of the story, I really like how it presents the idea of suppressing a key part of yourself and how stupid it is when other people tell you what you can or can't do or should or shouldn't be. Obviously, if it's not hurting anyone or causing actual damage to people, Mm. then everyone should be able to just express themselves as they wish. And the reaction that the group has to Mumble being a dancing penguin as opposed to a singing penguin is so over the top and ridiculous. And I think that that's just really helpful in how it is mocking people in real life who hold these very rigid ideas and that any deviation from those ideas must be wrong somehow. Like the old grouchy penguins look so stupid and ridiculous because the way they describe Mumble and his dancing is so dramatic and so stupid. Like he's a heathen, so it just, isn't it? It's, it's, it's <laughs> so, like it's beyond any kind of overreaction or anything. And it just kind of, I just really liked that, that it's poking fun at those ideas, at those sort of people that are like, no, you must fit into this box and you cannot deviate from this. And if you do, we will shun you and you won't be allowed in society and all this nonsense. So I just really appreciated it. And I appreciate the way how they deal with it because it's so outrageous. Yeah, I like that as well. I think that was some of the, one of the things that I noticed is that it, it obviously it's got that environmental message that we touched upon as well. But like any family film, it's got another message in there. Obviously, the, the, environment, the environmental message, should I say, is a little bit more practical or a little bit more mm-hmm. pragmatic, whatever you want to call it. Whereas there's also a thing in there about being yourself, accepting being different, like you say, not suppressing who you are, that sort of thing. And I think they do it really, really well. I mean, it's it's a... <laughs> It should go without saying, but I'm going to say it. But it's a good concept done really, really well. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I what I thought it is. So, so shall I tell you what I thought? Yes, please, yes. please so, do go ahead. I'll, I'll touch on some of the things you've said in 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 what I'm saying as well. But overall, really, really loved the concept. I know it again. I know it sounds silly, but I'm going to say it again. It's a good concept done well. I think that's a lot of family films. You know, it's a a simple concept, mm-hmm. and it's done really, really well. If you think about any of the Disney films or the DreamWorks films or other family films, that's what they are. But what you do then is you take that simple concept and you expand that out mm-hmm. into, into creating comedy. And it gives you a broad canvas to work with as well. And I thought it was it worked really, really well. Obviously, there's something in there for everyone too, in terms of the kids are gonna love how colourful it is and how it looks, which I'll come which I'll come back to. But then equally, it's a jukebox musical. So for a film that's about the penguin that can't sing, it is also a jukebox musical. So you've got in there, you've got um, Queen, you've got, I think there's an ABBA song in there, you've got uh, Boogie Wonderland, Earth, Wind and Fire. And then obviously the film opens with a Prince song. So it was winning mm-hmm. me over from <laughs> straight away because I'm a massive, massive Prince fan. Um, so I loved that. I think that's that's the sort of thing that you're going to get the parents tapping away at. Do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the sort of thing that you think, like, put happy feet on, but at least it's got some songs in it I like. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So love the idea of his parents being um, Elvis and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, obviously, they're not the called that. The star-crossed lovers but, we, yeah. never, we never had. <laughs> yeah. So he's not, he, obviously, he's not called Elvis and she's not called Marilyn. She's called, is she called Norma Jean? 
She's she is Norma Jean, and, and he's yeah, Memphis. Yeah. So yeah. it's obviously, I mean, they might as well just call them Elvis and Marilyn, but obviously, mm-hmm. I, I really like that. And you've got Hugh Jackman, big. So it's directed by George Miller, who did Mad Max and and a few uh, Babe. He did Babe as well, and a couple of other mm-hmm. bits. Did he was supposed to do a Justice League film, which we, he never got to make, which apparently looked look really really good. Um, but he directed this, so there's a big Aussie influence in it. Because mm-hmm. um, you've got, like you say, Hugh Jackman, Hugo Weaving, and Nicole Kidman. Steve Irwin's in it at one point as well. Yeah, uh, he is. So I like, you know, I like that. Like any family family film, it's got um, some good comedy in it. So it's got obviously Robin Williams in it doing his thing. He plays about six characters in it. Mm-hmm. You know, he plays multiple different penguins. Um, and I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to, particularly mm-hmm. at his at his parts. Like the, the fact that he plays these little sort of Mexican um, or Spanish penguins that at one point are just taking the absolute piss out of a seal. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ch- I just chuckled at that. I was just on my mm-hmm. own chuckling mm-hmm. at a kid's film. Um, so I really like that. Just to come back to, to the look as well. I mean, this film looks expensive. It does. It looks it? expensive. It's got, that, it's got that shine to it, hasn't it's, it? And I don't know how it did box office wise, but it's it's one of those films. Have you ever seen um, or heard of? I think it's called Mars Needs Mums. Right, I think I've heard of it. And I it was a film that. that they put absolutely loads of money into. Oh, really? And it made it just it just made fuck all. Oh no! And it, I think it was it was something like two hundred million quid. It was like you know we're talking we're talking a, a Marvel film or a or a big Pirates of the Caribbean blockbuster or something mm. type budget. And they obviously put I don't know how this did because obviously I try and avoid all stuff about box office and stuff like that. But it looks expensive. But when I say it looks expensive, I mean in a good way. It looks like they 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 use their job right because what you've got in it is. Not only is it animated in a more photorealistic style, which I will come mm-hmm. back to later, um, but also you've got actually real people in it. So yeah, you don't that really, you know, yeah. yeah, you don't really think of that Roger Rabbit animation with real people <laughs> thing in it, and it's not, yeah. it's not like Roger Rabbit. They're not like handing each other stuff and talking. Every time you see them, they obviously they keep them separate. Mm-hmm. But there are times where both animation and live action are on the screen at the same time, which is just famously really, really expensive, but it looks really, really good. It doesn't mm. It doesn't look like you're looking at a cartoon penguin in front of a real human or to any degree that you think it looks stupid, I suppose, is, is what I'm trying to yeah, say. I, I get thought, that. So just just because you brought it up oh, quickly, so its budget was $100 million and it grossed $384 million and it is considered to be the 10th highest grossing film of 2006. Right. So only a hundred million, eh? Do you know what I mean? Only only hundred million, just, just peanuts. Just small peanuts, change, that. Right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so obviously it made its money back just about when you factor in marketing. So it wasn't like a. So what's that? Hundred million made. What did you say? Three hundred and fifty million, something like 380 that. Three hundred eighty something. Yeah, like so that? it, it made it made, yeah. made a fair whack then. So yeah, so we know it's probably not underseen. <laughs> Based on that, no, I don't. I don't think it's underseen. Um, but it's underseen. but um, yeah, so it looks really good. Like you say, it's. It does a really good job using that stark landscape of the Arctic. In the, it, in parts, it looks like a kids' film. In parts, mm-hmm. it's like an Attenborough documentary. It's like Frozen Planet yeah. or something, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, look, yeah. it looks really good, really striking in places as well. So, I think there was there was loads to like in there. So, I I can't say it enough. I thought it was just really well made. It was a bit of a feast for the eyes, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, like I, I, I think that the, the one of the things I took away from it, and I'll just finish on this, is this would be boss in the cinema. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much better. You know, I don't care how big your telly is. My telly's not that big, <laughs> but but I bet it looked well good in the cinema. 
Okay, so let's move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about Happy Feet or that we would change about Happy Feet. Alice, can you bring yourself to to call the penguins? Can you bring yourself to 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 be mean about Happy Feet? Oh well, I can I can be mean about the film. I don't want to be mean about the penguins. Specifically, is this because this film is like an anti-free Willy? And you know what? What I what I hate about this film is they're not there isn't enough orca. (laughs) <laughs> and there's only two we, in the villains. We only get two orca, and they're not in it for very long. I'd love to have seen more orca tormenting the penguin. No, not really. But I do love orca, and I love I love what they're doing. I love love it all. But yeah, more orca. Um, so the the main thing for me, and I don't know, I know that this is really me being really picky. This is a huge personal preference thing, and I don't know if this just says something about me or what, right? But I do find that some of the adult penguins are presented just a little bit strangely like Mm. the women have these breathy sexy voices and sing a lot about being turned on and the relationships between the male and the female penguins feel quite sexually charged if i had to pick a film if i I had to pick a film that was trying to make me bang a penguin (laughs) stitch in it It's weird, right? Did uh, yeah. you pick up on this well, as well? A little bit, and a little. You know, they, they do that thing where they anthropomorphize them slightly, even though they're photorealistic. Mm. So, like Gloria, who's voiced by, um, sadly now passed away, Brittany Murphy, is like seems to have lipstick on. <laughs> that's what. That's the. That's the. Only, I was like, how do you differentiate who's Gloria? She seems to have lipstick on. She's got. Where, where the rest of them have an orange bit, she's, she's got, got a pink, a pink isn't bit. Yeah. She? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It is a little bit like that. But then maybe, I suppose because they're singing, is that just part of the old overall idea of the chorus and the dancing and the back and forth? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know there must be a reason. And obviously they've gone, Sexy like you penguin. say, they've gone They've gone for the Marilyn Monroe Elvis thing. And, mm. you know, iconically in her movie roles, that is how Marilyn Monroe spoke in that. But it, it's, it was just a bit of a weird, it was just a bit of a weird choice. Like, I just thought it was odd. And they're like, hey, daddy, are you going to look after the eggs today, daddy? And all that. And I was like, it was weird. <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad you picked up on it as well. Um, so all the animals have different accents, right? Yeah. Which I don't mind in principle. But I would maybe like some context around why. Why, why is like, the boss a Scottish, an old Scottish yeah, penguin? Like, like I can get, you know, why some of the different species have different accents because they are likely to spend time in different areas, especially some of the birds that are flying around. Mm. Well, yeah, you are going to have different accents from these penguins. But like a lot of the different penguins in the same colony had different accents. So it just kind of left me with some questions. And I would have liked it to have been a bit <laughs> more explained. <laughs> What, why, why are you all Scottish? Penguins? Like, why is he Scottish? Why is he Elvis? Well, yeah, why are you from Tennessee? Why yeah. are you Scottish? And I think there's a couple of them that sound really Spanish. English in there as well. Loads loads of the Spanish ones. I just <laughs> thought it was all really weird. And then you've got, like, the the birds who are quite Australian. And then I think there's walrus. Is it Are they walrus or are they elephant seals? Elephant seals. They might be elephant, elephant seals, seals are they, What Are they English or Australia? I, think, Australian, I thought they were Australian as well, yeah. A lot so of them are actually from like... hot countries that don't have penguins. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, like you say, have they all been released from captivity? Like, were they all been like, I don't know, was one of them in Edinburgh Zoo? And that's why he's got a Scottish accent. I, well, I thought that and I was like, that's a, if so, that's a genuine plot point. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the sort of question that a kid would ask you as a parent. I don't know, I've not got kids, 
But obviously, I've got nieces and nephews and lots of my friends have got kids. And it's the sort of thing where you'd be watching it and the kid would go, it's like the, how's the egg get there, dad? Oh, fuck yeah, it. yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> but it's the, why are all the penguins got different accents, dad? And you'd think, oh, I have to pull some out of my ass now, aren't I? I'm going to have yeah. to make something. I'm going to have to lie to this child. Because yeah. I can't explain that what's probably happened is that actors with egos have gone, I want to do it as Spanish. And the director's gone, do what you want. Yeah, fine. Because is it is it Hugo Weaving? He's the Scottish, Scottish one. one. Yeah, yeah. Like, Agent what? Smith. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so that was weird. Yeah, and he is Australian. And... Is he? Yeah. So Hugo Weaving is Australian. He's obviously got what? his breakthrough Australian telly. That's probably now how he knows George Miller. What? Maybe not Sim- uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. No, oh, I've brilliant. seen The Matrix and I've seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's in v- and he yeah. Australian in there. Yeah. So what he can do there is, is that as a professional actor, he, is, he does accents. Shut up. No <laughs> way. I'm not having it. You know how he's really quick and could do martial arts in The Matrix? Yeah, that's real and legit. Yeah, I, I don't think he can stop in bullet time in real life. I have not asked him. Hugo, if you're listening. You don't know, Josh. You don't know what he's capable of, to be honest. If you're from (laughs) Australia, you're capable of anything. So your issue is that the the penguins are from different places and they're too sexy? They're a little bit too sexy. And then just finally, so the end credits are freaking weird, man. Like they scroll up the screen at a really weird angle and I hated it. And I don't know why they did that or what um, they were trying to achieve. What was the other one that you didn't like the end credits for? Thunder Road. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) It was bad. Yeah. This is worse, though. This is worse than that. Like, with Thunder Road, it was just the font that I didn't like well, and they, they were cross-fading the from one page to the other, which was weird. But this one, I mean, listeners, if you've not seen it, I would literally it just YouTube. Weird. I would just YouTube end credits, happy feet. It is bizarre. Like, it comes out the screen. What is it? Like, it's like a reverse or, like, opposite Star Wars scroll. Oh, where it's star, like opposite a weird, star wipe. Yeah, like it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. it's not Star Wipe, but it, you know the Star Wars text when it, it Oh, comes sorry, I think you meant the Star Wipes and Star Wars. No, yeah. But so there is a lot of wipes of, in this film coming, now that you Instead of scrolling up to up to down down to up, it goes up to down. It's, yeah. Right, it's just, right. I see what you mean. It was just such a weird I choice. It off I, was, after the end credits. I don't need yeah, to know who the best boy was. I was looking <laughs> Well, it probably isn't one because it's an animation. <laughs> but I was looking at it and I was like, this is weird, and I don't know why they've done it like this. So that kind yeah. of reminded me as well. But that was it. So just little things, really. But the the breathy, sexy penguins was something I noticed the <laughs> first time around. And then this time around as well. And I was like, oh yeah, that is Do a bit think strange. It's because they can't have an Antarctic accent because no one knows what one is. So I had thought I'd thought this, you know, and it's like, is it this sort of interesting amalgamation of different sort of accents and cultures and whatever? Because there is no standard, as I mean, as far as I know, there is no standard Antarctica accent. But as again, I, know, yeah. I need, I need a, I just a, a throwaway line about that, mm. maybe, or just something. Just give me a bit of context mm. as to why this fella's from Scotland and this fella's from Spain, and they live on the same and bit why of ice. Are they all so horny. Do you know what I mean? Just give me some info. But that's it for me. What about you? What, well, before what you I, like before I answer, does Ollie have anything? Since he, it, since it was sort of his listener suggestion, did he mention anything to you, or did he just love the tap dancing, um, sexy accented the, penguins? Uh, the end credits. He said <laughs> he was like, "Well, you've lost me like, now." 
two hours yeah, of this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, he was like, well, if you're only gonna have one thing to not like about this film, then this has got to be it. And I'd already written down a couple of things, and I was like, that's not the only <laughs> thing for me, babe, but okay. <laughs> um, for me, there's not loads. I've got one thing, but it might you might be able to help me with this. So that this will inform my opinion on it. Is some of it meant to be 3D or is it a bit too early for 3D? Because obviously it's 2006. So oh. it's, it's pre the big 3D explosion post Avatar. But is it meant to be 3D? Because some bits I thought looked like it were meant to be 3D. Okay, that's interesting. But like, just in the way, like, in the way that, the you know, the, it's like, is that meant or... to jump out of the screen at me? Right. Or is it just that they've you. made it, you know, they've just tried to make it more immersive? So I, I actually have no idea. Right. About that. Okay. I I see I can see here that Happy Feet 2 was released in 3D. Maybe it's not then. Which so is interesting. In that case, my only real issue so, 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 is that some of the animation took a little bit of getting used to. Okay. Because yeah. it's so photorealistic. It's nowhere near as bad as your, your recent Disney's where I'm thinking, I don't want to know what a lobster would look like if it could talk and sing. But there is bits where I'm, you know, that uncanny valley sort of dead behind the eyes thing. Okay, yeah. There's a yeah. little bit of that, but I got used to it in the end. I think mm-hmm. I got, I think I got used to it. So that took me about twenty minutes, half an hour to get into it. It was a little bit mm-hmm. like, you know, because it is a certain style. I think it just took some getting used to. It. And the only other thing is, it probably skewed a little bit young for me. But then, mm-hmm. it is a family film, and I would probably say it's more a kids' film than a family film, right? Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. I think but no, so. other than that, no, I thought it was, I would, I suppose the last note on this, obviously it's not for me, but I would definitely watch this with my kids and I think it will hold up as well. There's no reason why this in 20 years time, as far as I know, I don't know, I don't know what will happen, but it, you know, it's now, it's 50, what is it now, 2006, so it's six, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, it still looks good, doesn't it? It does. So I there's no so, reason yeah. why it won't look as good and feel as good in 17 years' time. Um, mm-hmm. When I, you know, if I'm going to have kids, I'll certainly have them by then. <laughs> so I'll be <laughs> in my fifties. Um, but but uh, yeah, so I would definitely. Whilst it not be for me, it might not be for me now. I would definitely watch it with my kids. And I think it's I, it's a shame that this I didn't see it in the pictures because I reckon it would be really immersive kinetic experience and it's definitely one you think if they did release it in the cinema and you had kids it'd definitely be the thing you think i'll go out my way and take them to it because it'd be good but no nothing much for the dislikes from me so let's move on to talking about the critical reception then so i haven't seen any critical reception we've obviously talked about the box office so we don't need to come back to that now you've picked it because you think it's underrated and you obviously think quite highly of it and your other half thinks even higher of it mm. So if you're saying it's underrated, I think you're probably thinking this is because you're a bit harsher than me. I think this is you're probably thinking this is a seven. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking maybe are we talking a high five, low six for this? And you're and you're thinking that that would be underrated. So I'm going to say high five, low six. What would I give it? Yeah, I think it's probably a solid seven, seven and a half out of ten. It's it's just okay. I can't say it enough. It's a really good concept made really well, and it's just entertaining. And I think. The, the target audience will definitely like it. But anyway, go on, how, how did it do? Okay, great. Well, I appreciate your feedback, Josh. So at the time of recording over on IMDb, it gets a 6.4 out of 10. Okay. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 70%. And then the critics give it 76%. Mm, so, so the, the critics, critics are, actually critics liked are kind it more of, the kind of to the, yeah. uh, what's the What's the average so, out of that then? I don't know. You do the maths. You're the uh, maths what guy. The, what are the scores? 
So that would be 7 out of 10. Bang on, is it? Yeah, yeah well, that's interesting. So those scores on those scores on awful, really. I do think the 6.4 is... That's definitely low Yeah, I think me. so. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think if it's getting 7 out of 10 overall, though, I wonder if maybe this is actually, for me, appropriately rated. God. But it's probably still underrated for Ollie, to so be fair. Just set who's going to have the house and who's going to move out. <laughs> Listen, as long as I get the dog, I don't give a shit. Um, so, what do you think? Yeah, about I, that, I then? so Seven. so I would say that that's is is it's difficult, isn't it? Because normally we can say the critic score, the critic score under it, it can sort of underpin it, and you can say, well, that mm-hmm. is underrated. But the critics are kinder than the audience, yeah. so yeah. I would say it's slightly slightly underrated, if a little bit more appropriately rated. It's borderline, mm-hmm. so we'll put it out. We'll put it out to the listeners then. So then the other question is, is, is this a good in-between Christmas and New Year film? What do I you mean, reckon? I mean, I, I think I get a 10 out of 10 for that, to be yeah, honest. I, I think uh, this was an excellent choice by me. I agree. We will add it to the, yes. we'll add it to the in-between shelf with Night's Tale and Mouse Hunt of films that you can stick on and enjoy a box of quality street to and think about how you're going to have to go back to work in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So there we go, another episode in the bag. Happy Feet is a, uh, we reckon it's a good in-betweeners film and we reckon it's yeah, a little bit under, maybe underrated, maybe appropriately rated, but we'll put that out to you guys. It's certainly worth a watch, so I think we can mm. both we can mm-hmm. both say that. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. It'll be our first episode, Alice, of 2024. Wowzers, doesn't time fly? It does indeed. So we're going to be doing a little bit of something different. Rather than talking about a film, we're going to be doing a little bit of a look back at all the films we've done this year um and just discussing you know favorites and stuff like that just a little bit of a retrospective on 2023 the best of 2023 if you will and then we will be back the week after with some more you know normal films so until then uh we'll see you next time the email address if you'd like to get in touch with us is films that part at gmail.com we're on all the social medias if you just search for just films and that we're on patreon as well so if you want to support us with a little bit of uh cash and get some bonus content add free episodes then the link is in the episode description, patreon.com forward slash just films and that tiers start at one pound a month and all tiers include ad free extended episodes with a little bit of uh, bonus stuff in there as, as, as well. Uh, we're on the television as well, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. And I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. So if you want to go mosey on over there, have a look at what we're up to. Search Just Films and that and you'll be able to see our beautiful faces talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. Indeed, lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us. But as ever, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. We hope you had a very good Christmas and have a good New Year's Eve as well. Uh, Cheerio, see you in 2024. Oh, God, that's horrible. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.